Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices, as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week, especially during this intense, insane playoff run. So the best way to stay up to date on all of the excitement is to download the Odyssey app, Search Pucks and Bolts, hit that auto-download button, and have all these brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you. As always, I am your host, Casey Hudson, and it's time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts Playoff Edition. Let's just put it that way. Now, last time you guys joined us, last episode of Pucks and Bolts, we hopped on to do a quick three keys to the Bolts' success for Game 3. Bolts came out swinging game one with a big seven goal win. Then obviously the script flipped for game two. Toronto ends up evening the series. And then game three, we felt like there was still hope. There was a chance for the Bolts to come onto home ice and make a difference and shake things up. The three keys to success that I'll touch on really quickly just to put the reminder out there was a smart start, manage the speed, and uh, be disciplined when it comes to the penalties. Next was face-off wins. You cannot evenly split up the face-off wins. You've got to top Toronto when it comes to that face-off circle. And then due to their strong zone exits, they've got to create space and get those passing lanes so that they can get more pucks on net. With these three keys in mind, heading into game three, the Bolts executed. They did a great job in the first period and the second period of game three. Even though the Maple Leafs got on the board first, they were not shaken. They were not rattled. They were not picking up stupid penalties. They didn't start playing on their heels with their tails between their legs. They managed the game. They evened the scoreboard, and then they took over. Game three, for the most part, was a spectacular game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The problem being that special teams has now played a huge factor in both game three and game four. After that big hit on Braden Point and a lot of question marks as to whether or not he'd return and then the fights that broke out in between, between the fact that we know hockey guys protect their own and then everyone was saying that that was a manipulation tactic and at the end of the day, the Bolts end up losing out because they end up on the penalty kill. They kill off a huge penalty, but then it still comes down to the wire. Things tip over into overtime and they lose uh, three to four in overtime to the Maple Leafs, a game that they had in their clutches and played so well. Executing on those three keys just kind of fell through the cracks at the end there. Now, there was kind of a mirror storyboard to game four, except for the fact that in the first period, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning that got on the board first, thanks to Alex Kalorn, somebody who was listed as one of my gamers heading into this series because Alex Kalorn just knows when to turn it on. And when he does, he ends up on these hot streaks that you just can't count him out of. 
He's the guy that's kept the Bolts in tight games in the regular season heading into this playoff round. And he's somebody that showed up big for the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Now, as for the mirror that reflected the game three loss, this is another game, game four, that went into a tragic overtime. But this time, it was very uncharacteristic for the Tampa Bay Lightning as they let up a 4-1 lead in the third period, allowing the Maple Leafs to come in and tie the scoreboard 4-4, heading into overtime, and the Maple Leafs take it with a 5-4 victory, now leading the series 3-1. What does all of this mean? <laughs> We talk about not hitting the panic button, and I've reasoned of all the all the whys we don't have to hit that panic button. And I'm not going to lie, Bolts fans, I'm hitting the panic button. It's really tough to be behind in the series 3-1 and try to make that comeback when you've got some deficiencies in, of all places, your defense. Uh, we just got off of a press conference with Coach Cooper, and he confirmed that Eric Chernak will not be in the lineup for Game 5. And... Per the doctors, they can still technically list him as day-to-day, but it doesn't look like Eric Chernak will be a part of this series. And if by some grace, the Tampa Bay Lightning make it out of round one versus the Maple Leafs and help the Maple Leafs, Maple Leaf, which I'm honestly hoping happens still, um, we're not sure when we'll see Eric Chernak. And he, you're not going to put all of the losses and the shortcomings on the absence of one player. We know that this team is not filled with excuses in that way, but when you're missing one of your top penalty kill guys and a lot of special team situations end up factoring in, yeah, it's going to hurt you. Those two goals in the third period the Maple Leafs got as the clock was winding down were power play goals, and you're missing one of your top penalty kill guys. This team is coming up strong, and the next man up mentality has never been executed so well, I could promise you that. But there's still some holes in that defensive zone, and a lot of people want to talk about Andre Vasilevsky's performance and the fact that he's batting under 900 versus the Maple Leafs this series. But while we sit here and criticize Andre Vasilevsky saying that he's not standing on his head and making these gigantic saves for the Tampa Bay Lightning anymore, we're not putting into reason the fact that Andre Vasilevsky was playing behind some of the top defensemen in the league in top D pairings. The defensemen, the veteran presence, the guys who knew what mistakes not to make in the D zone are no longer in front of Andre Vasilevsky. Yes, Victor Hedman is there, but he was out for game two. And yeah, Eric Chernak was there, but he's been gone most of the series. And yeah, Mikhail Sergachev has stepped up tremendously, but he still has his youthful mistakes. You don't have a Ryan McDonough and the ghost of his presence is feeling significantly through this roster and in these games. So I don't put it as an Andre Vasilevsky problem. I think that those were some tremendous goals. I think something that needs to be credited to the Toronto Maple Leafs is that they're not the kind of team that's going to take that extra pass. Their skill level comes at the fact that they have the confidence to take the shot immediately, not overthink it, not get cute with it. And they've got snipers on their team that can make something happen in the blink of an eye. And their biggest impact is the fact that they are doing well with tippins and well with deflections. So on top of the range that they take their shots at, they're jamming up the net and they're taking away Vasilevsky's eyes and Vasilevsky does not have the same defensive pairings in front of him that he can rely on to play to his optimum level. So I don't think this is an Andre Vasilevsky problem. And Coach Cooper just said the same thing on the press conference. If you look at the goals that these guys are putting in, majority, if not all of the top goalies in the league are not stopping the goals that the Maple Leafs are putting on goal right now. So kind of eliminating that from the excuse factor. And that puts us at a two-day break before the Tampa Bay Lightning practice tomorrow morning at 10.30 and then head back to Toronto for a tremendous 
game five. And here's the thing through two games that have come to overtime losses and kind of added to the tally of a poor overtime performance for the lightning. This team has played phenomenal hockey. They've done it for 40 to 50 minutes. The goal here is to be able to play this phenomenal top-notch hockey for 60 minutes. And obviously that's the difference between a guy, that, a team that will excel to that next round in a, in a championship mentality versus a team that's probably ready for an offseason. Who knows? But the game five is going to tell us everything that we need to know. And if you want my honest opinion on what's going to happen in game five, I just can't see the Tampa Bay Lightning rolling. I can't see the Tampa Bay Lightning taking three losses. I know we saw some intense, insane, uncharacteristic things during this regular season, but the ways that this team has just kind of learned and adjusted and been so flexible, you've got to take into account the adversity that's played into this series. And to already kind of have some issues in your defensive zone and try to find an identity in these new deep pairings and then to come in and put a strong game one on the table. And yes, a strong game three and four, just not for enough time. This team is fully capable of pulling off a game five victory. Vasilevsky will be locked in. The D pairings will figure out how to play a tighter game. The biggest thing too is to remember that the turnovers in the D zone have kind of been the kryptonite for this team. And the Maple Leafs do well at cleaning up the garbage in front of the net. If there's a rebound there, it's probably going to be a Maple Leaf that picks it up. And the Tampa Bay Lightning haven't been the strongest rebound team. A lot of the times when the puck comes off the the post or you know goalies pad it tends to be turned over to the other team and cleared out of the zone if these guys were able to kind of have that puck hound mentality when it comes to the rebounds we'd also be looking at different goal tallies so a lot of things to consider heading into game five which kind of will circle back to maybe some other three keys to take into consideration they've got to make this the toronto maple leaves skill players play defense while the maple leaves have stepped up tremendously when it comes to their defensive performance they're cute players. They're skilled guys. They don't like playing defense. They want to be the goal scorers. You see that a guy like Austin Matthews, he doesn't want to get physical with anybody. He's pretty hesitant to drop the gloves. Mitch Marner was looking around when everybody was dropping the gloves, getting into a fight, pointing around like a five-year-old. So if you can force these guys to play into your physical game and to play more defense, they're going to give themselves an edge here. The Tampa Bay Lightning's puck possession has been phenomenal in the past two games. It almost looked like they were playing keep away from the Maple Leafs for 40 minutes. As I mentioned, it's that over 40-minute hump that they have to get past. So all that to say that if they can force the Maple Leafs to play a lot more defense and stay in their zone, they're going to continue to give themselves chances. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I would love to see more top shelf shots because Samsonov, while he's made some great saves... He's not really got the reaction time to protect the top of the net. So it's also switching up kind of these shots and um, where they're taking these shots that will help this team get on the board that much more and, you know, maybe have that much more confidence to protect their lead. I know different zones and different executions are required, but if you can't defend 
And we were looking at, if you compare it to teams like, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins and some other teams that just didn't, that lack the defense, then it turns into a shootout. You've got to be able to outscore your opponent if you can't slow them down. And that's just kind of where my perspective has gone with game five. If you can't slow down the Maple Leafs, if you can't stop them from getting on the board, if you can't play 60 minutes of defense, you got to outscore your opponent. So when it comes down to that final two minutes in a period, you can't let Ryan O'Reilly continue to be the guy to snipe with you know, less than two minutes or less than a minute left, you can't even the scoreboard to take the lead back. So they got to continue to rack up on goals. They've got to force the Maple Leafs to play defense. And then the next thing, we've talked about it so much, it's going to remain a key until I see it completely swing in the favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have to win face-offs. They went even, 32-32 wins with the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 2. That was a huge key for Game 3. They did win more face-offs in Game 3, obviously not being the exact problem, but they let off the gas in the third period and started losing face-offs, which puts the Toronto Maple Leafs in prime positioning to get pucks on net. That was the same thing that happened yesterday, and they were leading in face-offs, and then all of a sudden third period came, and they matched 31-31. If they can handle topping the Maple Leafs in the face-off circle and continue to play keep away with the puck, they're going to set themselves up for success. Uh, the last thing is obviously going to be defensive zone maintenance. No turnovers in the D zone. This is a team that will make you pay for it. We've talked about it with other skilled teams before, and the Maple Leafs are right there with it. Um, I can't say it enough. A team that's really good with picking up the rebounds is not a team that you want to turn over the puck on. And it's insane to think that the Tampa Bay Lightning had 18 takeaways yesterday and a puck hound like Brandon Hagel picking pockets like crazy. It was criminal. And then all of a sudden you have a turnover by Nikita Kucherov in the D zone that racks up as a goal for the Maple Leafs. Those kind of mistakes cannot happen because you're putting your defense on the heels consistently and just taking away all the progress of the game. So a lot of things to consider. Obviously, there's panic. We don't know how Game 5 is going to play out. It would be heartbreaking if Monday night was the last game of the season at Amelie Arena. But the best way to stay hopeful is to pay attention to the success that this team has had and their consistency and comebacks. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, too, they have their own record of not being able to kind of maintain leads. We saw them have a 3-1 lead against the Montreal Canadiens and then completely bail out on that, and Montreal progressed on. So there's always a glimmer of hope. If there's a group of guys or a team in the league that you don't count out and say it's over until it's over, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm panicking, but the hope is still there. A huge Game 5 on the line without Eric Chernak, which means they got to stay disciplined, stay off special teams, not put your penalty kill in tough positions, continue to have that successful puck possession, continue to push the puck forward and land as many on net as possible, take some different shots, take away that extra pass, and it's time to come back to Tampa Bay with a Game 5 victory, inching the series to a 3-2 situation versus a 3-1. So looking forward to that. We'll have some extra stuff from practice tomorrow at 10.30. We'll get a chance to chat with some of the players. Um, I'd love to get a conversation going with Nick Paul. I'd love to talk with Brandon Hagel because there was some line movement in that third period. Um, we've talked about it here on Pucks and Bolts a lot. When they go up against those tough skilled teams, it's Brandon Hagel and Anthony Sorelli and Alex Colon that tend to be on that second line together. They dominated through 40 minutes. 
yesterday. They were able to break through the Maple Leafs defense. They were able to separate those sweaters. Something else that was a bit of a key there is that the Maple Leafs do so well jamming up in front of the net and throwing their body on pucks. And that second line was able to kind of create some separation there. So I'm sure that they'll be reunited for game five, but definitely want to get a chance to talk with Hagel. Uh, talk with Nick Paul, who is an energizer, but still hasn't been able to find the net in a lot of games. And uh, we'll see what veteran defensemen we can get a chance to chat with too, see how Victor Hedman's feeling and so on and so forth. So stay tuned with us at Pucks and Bolts for all playoff information, because as I said, it is not over until it's over. We've got a big game five in Toronto coming up Thursday, I believe at seven or seven 30. So stay tuned with us. And the best way to do that is by downloading the Odyssey app, searching Pucks and Bolts, hitting that auto download button and staying up to date on all the information, the fun, the excitement, and hopefully a very exciting Game five leading to a game six. I'm Casey Hudson, and I'll catch you guys next time here on Pucks and Bolts. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 